Okay, good to see you this morning. Um, I wonder, it seems really low, but anyway, um, why, why would someone want to do a job where they're going to be hated? Um, I checked with Google to find out what are the most hated professions, and uh, any, any ideas what, what, uh, what it might have said? Okay, traffic warden was the top one. And at least on this little thing, he had more than, more than half the votes uh, for the top five. Any, any others that might have been on it? Estate agents. Uh, was not, maybe it's in the top ten, not in the top five. Dentist. Dentist, no. <laughs> Used car salesman. Sales, salesperson is on here. And telephone sales. No, not politicians, but I was thinking, yeah, that must be, uh, that must be one of them. Um, lawyers, police officers as well. Well, I think that's the thing. And that's, that's kind of what, what I was thinking. When you think about, particularly think about politicians and police officers, we, we do know that they are hated by some people. People are trying to attack them, people are trying to kill them. Uh, sort of extremes. Um, I guess if you were thinking of going into those professions, I'm sure people would would tell you, you know, this is going to happen to you. You are going to get people spitting at you, throwing eggs at you, uh, throwing milkshakes at you. Um, They're going to be hostile towards you, but it's still worth it. It's worth it because in those jobs, I know that, you know, let's say on a good day, politicians and police officers, they're trying to do good, aren't they? They're trying to do good for the community, for society. Uh, They're trying to do good for people, but they get a lot of stick, many of them. And um, we're going to look at some words from Jesus this morning as we continue our series from John's Gospel pointing to Jesus. Words of Jesus that could easily put you off if you're exploring the Christian faith, you're thinking about becoming a Christian. Words that could worry you if you are a Christian just to say, don't, don't worry, don't be put off, just uh, see it through, see what Jesus has to say. But um, Jesus says, people will hate you if you're a Christian. Not everyone will, but some will, and he tells us why. And he also says why it's still worth following him and being a Christian. So we're going to read from John chapter 15, verses 18 to 25. Just to say that the title of the uh, message this morning, if you're not familiar with that expression, haters gonna hate, it's, uh, it's a popular expression. It's used in some uh, songs and things. And it kind of means, yes, people are gonna hate, but we're gonna get on with it. We're gonna carry on doing what we do. And I guess that is the message of this morning, really. So, uh, John 15, beginning at verse 18. Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, They will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. 
They will treat you in this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. Okay, well, the first thing to say is expect hatred because Jesus was hated. To verse 18 again, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. And verse 20, remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If you're here last week, um, the first part of chapter 15, which was speaking on last week, uh, talk, talking about the vine and the branches, um, we might wonder, why does Jesus suddenly talk, start talking about hate and persecution? He actually, the, the verse before, he's talking about love, loving one another. Um, last week, we were hearing about Jesus' challenge to stay connected to him, like a branch staying connected to the vine or the trunk um, staying in relationship with him, staying connected to him, keep on um, obeying him and drawing strength from him. And there's that, that encouragement that came with that. If we stay connected to Jesus, we will bear much fruit. What was the fruit that Jesus is talking about? Well, it, 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 to some extent, it, it applies to everything, every good thing that God wants to do in our, in our lives and through us, through prayer and obedience and loving others. Yeah, that's the good fruit that God wants to grow in our lives. But when he was talking to his disciples in this first place, he was, he was talking about mission as well, the fruit of mission. He said in verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last. And I think particularly there, Jesus is speaking about this kind of going out there, pointing people to Jesus and seeing people come to know him, come into relationship with Jesus. And that's fruit that lasts. People who will be with Jesus and his people forever in all eternity. But it's because of this commission to go out on mission that Jesus wants to say, look, it's not going to be easy. Here's a heads up of the kind of thing you can expect. You're going to encounter hatred. You're going to encounter persecution. Because I experienced these things myself. And we saw this particularly back in chapter 7. I I preached on it um, a message which I call, Why Doesn't Everyone Like Jesus? And it's funny, isn't it? Because you think Jesus... He went around doing so many good things. He helped people. He healed people. He fed the hungry. He spent time with people who no one else wanted to spend time with. He came to save the world. I mean, what's not to like about Jesus? But actually, as we read through the Gospels and in John's Gospel, we see this growing hatred towards Jesus, particularly from the Jewish leaders of the time. They wanted to kill him. And eventually, they, they did manage to get rid of him, managed to get him killed but not without that being part of God's 
plan to save us. But Jesus said to his brothers back in chapter 7, he said, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. The world in John's gospel, this expression of the world, it's not talking about everyone in the world. It's talking about that section of the world, those people in the world who are opposed to God's. And Jesus is saying they hate me because I show them that they're in the wrong. Not to make them feel bad, Jesus wants to, if we're in the wrong with God, if we're not right with God, Jesus wants to show us that so we can get in the right with God through trusting in Jesus and his death and his resurrection for us. But, but Jesus is saying, yeah, you know, but people don't like that. Many people don't like that. It's like a doctor. Jesus is like a doctor with this cure for a terrible disease. But the first thing is he needs to convince the patient that they've got this disease, that they're sick. They need the cure. But it's like some people offend you. You know, how dare you suggest there's anything wrong with me? How dare you suggest I'm ill? And if, if we're Christians, if we're disciples of Jesus, and we're branches connected to the vine with a life of Jesus flowing through us, and we're out on mission, carrying out his mission, pointing people to Jesus, then we will, because we're one with Jesus, we will get the same reactions that Jesus got. Not everyone will hate us. We'll talk a bit more about that later. Some will receive Jesus. When Jesus was uh, washing his disciples' feet, it was humbly, it was a symbol of humbly serving others. And he said, go and do the same. And for people who think, no, I'm, I'm above serving others. I'm above doing those kind of the, the nasty stuff. I don't really want to have to put myself out and sacrifice myself for other people. Jesus said, at that time, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And Jesus is saying, you know, if, you, if you're saying you're above serving others, you're saying you're above me, because that's what I came to do. And if you're following me, you should follow in my footsteps and my example. Well, here Jesus uses the same expression again about being hated by others. He says, verse 20, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Jesus is saying, if you think you can escape persecution, you, you think you're better than me, do you? You think, you think you can get out of it in a way that I couldn't? Well, of course, there are ways that we can get out of being persecuted. We'll come on to those in a minute. But um, I don't know what you think when you read those words. I know one response, something I was thinking about this week is, we need to think about Christians around the world who are severely persecuted. It's very much a tangible thing. Many Christians around the world living for fe- in fear day by day. Not able to meet together like we are doing on a Sunday. If they are meeting together, they're wondering, is there going to be a knock on the door? Are there going to be people turning up with guns? Is there going to be a, a JCB turning up to de- demolish the church building? Are they going to be taking the pastor off and putting him in prison? These are things that happen around the world. We heard about those three churches that were bombed in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday, as well as three hotels as well. Jeremy Hunt, uh, known at the moment for the, uh, the, the sort of race for the Conservative Party leadership, but Jeremy Hunt, in his role as Foreign Secretary, last Christmas he commissioned a report into the global persecution of Christians. And just recently, 
they've, in fact, I think they've discovered it's such a big thing that they, they, they hope to have the final report out by now. And it's just a sort of interim report. And this interim report published last month says this, or the part of it. It says, evidence shows not only the, the geographic spread of anti-Christian persecution, but also its increasing severity. In some regions, the level and nature of persecution is arguably coming close to meeting the international definition of genocide according to that adopted by the UN. There are parts of the world where actually the way things are going is Christians, the Christian population is dropping and much of it is because Christians have just been driven away from those countries, particularly countries in the Middle East. Christians are hated and experience violence and they're driven from their homes and their churches and their countries and we should pray for them. There's plenty of uh, information online if you want to find out more about that. There's some really good Christian organizations that are trying to support and stand with um, Christians who are persecuted around the world. We want to pray that they would know the help and the courage of Jesus that they wouldn't give up following him despite the great strain that they're under they stay faithful to him and seek to be fruitful and keep pointing people to jesus but on the other hand you i mean you might be here this morning as someone who is experiencing or has experienced opposition hatred for being a christian maybe you're experiencing it right now maybe because you've told telling people you're a christian uh, maybe because people just know you're a Christian, maybe because you've tried to share your faith, uh, maybe because you've shared some of the, you, the views. They've asked you, well, what does a, as a Christian, what do you think about this and this? Maybe you wouldn't go along with something which you knew as a Christian to be wrong. You stood up against something. Now, in our country, it, it will very rarely look like uh, being put in prison or being threatened or beaten up. But it can look like, persecution can look like being excluded, losing friends, being laughed at, being insulted, maybe feeling like you're not quite accepted at work or in your family or in your friendship group. Maybe things were different once before, but now things have just gone a bit funny. They've gone a bit awkward with people. No one's really saying why, but you suspect it is because you're a Christian and maybe some of the things you've said. Well, Jesus' words tell us and tell you, you've probably not done anything wrong. It being hated and opposed is actually a normal part of being a Christian. So don't give up. Don't give up doing what you're doing, living out your faith, telling people you're a Christian, speaking out for Jesus. It can actually be an encouragement when we experience these things to know actually we're one with Jesus. We're experiencing what he suffered. We're somehow on the right track here. In the early church, these Christians, these disciples that Jesus was first speaking to in John 15, later on, we read about them in the early church in Acts chapter 5. They'd been put in prison for speaking about Jesus. They'd been whipped publicly. And when they released... What was their reaction? Oh, we're never doing that again. Let's, let's hide. Let's clear off to another place. No, it said they were rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace 
for the name, name of Jesus. Now, of course, it's possible to be a Christian, possible to be a Christian who's hated, and it's nothing to do with what Jesus is talking about here. You can be hated for just being an obnoxious person. You can be hated because you're actually not very loving and you're not really living out the life that Jesus wants you to. You can, you can try and witness to people, but in a very insensitive and disrespectful way. No, Jesus isn't talking about that. Of course, we can, of course we can stir up trouble and hatred against us if we really want to. No, but Jesus is talking about just doing the, the normal loving things. It's the most loving thing in the world to try and help someone to know about Jesus and his wonderful new life and forgiveness, help point people to him. And, and if we do that and we experience hatred, Jesus says, don't, don't worry. This is normal. I will help you. Through this, we have the Holy Spirit with us as we we're hearing the other week. But perhaps you're here this morning and you're a Christian and uh, you would say, no, I'm not aware, this doesn't really match my experience. I've never experienced anything that I could call hatred or opposition. Um, and I think we need to ask ourselves, well, if that's the case, why not? If Jesus said, this will happen. This is normal. Of course, we're not, not trying to stir up trouble. Maybe we're just having a sort of season of calm and favor with people before, you know, things may be different in the future. Or is the issue for you that you're not actually very public about your faith? There's not really much for anyone to object to um, because you rarely speak about Jesus and your faith. In fact, they don't even know you're a Christian many people who are close to you, maybe people you work with. I remember a friend of mine, I think being really challenged by this, he was a teacher in a school and he, he, he had to admit, he admitted in the church on Sunday, he said, I, I've been at the school for years and I've never told anyone that I'm a Christian. And he knew that needed to change. Obviously there's a time and a place for, for, for saying that, but um, that's what Jesus would want us to do, isn't it? Is, is there no difference between you and your non-Christian friends? No one would ever notice anything that's different, that would challenge them, that they would object to. Elsewhere in uh, uh, the Gospels, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, he says, Woe to you, which means watch out, be warned, when everyone speaks well of you. And Paul wrote to Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Sooner or later, if we are serious about following Jesus and pointing others to him and reflecting um, him in our life, then they will react to us in the way that they reacted to Jesus. Jesus says, expect hatred because he was hated. Second thing, and this is really the second half of this little passage um, Jesus is really saying, expect hatred from religious people who don't know God. Expect hatred from religious people who don't know God. So verse 21, they will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. That's God the Father. Uh, verse 23, whoever hates me hates my father as well. And Jesus here is talking specifically about the kind of hatred that his followers were going to encounter from people who claim to know God. 
And in Jesus' time, it was particularly the Jewish leaders or many of the Jewish leaders. They said they loved God. They knew God. They were part of God's people. But they rejected and hated Jesus. They kept arguing with him about, you know, who are you? And where have you come from? And why are you doing these things? And where did you get this authority from? And, and Jesus gives them plenty of evidence to show who he is, uh, where he's come from. Uh, amazing miracles that show he is, he is God in human flesh. And he's come to be with his people and save us. And Jesus keeps saying to him in different ways, if you really love God, you would recognize me as Jesus, his son, coming into the world. Back in chapter 8, they say to Jesus, if, uh, they say to Jesus, the only father we have is God himself. And Jesus says to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God, I have not come on my own. God sent me. It was really helpful the other week when Rich was preaching about Jesus' words, uh, beginning of John chapter 14, about Jesus being the only way, saying that actually if Jesus is God, come to be with us, God in human flesh, then of, of course you can't have God without having Jesus, because Jesus is God. And Jesus is saying that here, you know, it just doesn't make sense. How can you hate, say you love God and you hate Jesus and you hate Christians? Here in John 15, Jesus says, verse 22, I, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I'd not done among them the works no one else did, that's Jesus' miracles, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my Father. It does sound a little bit confusing, what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, if he hadn't come to earth, then no one would be guilty of any sin. But what he is saying is, now that he's come, and people have hated him, then they are guilty of a particular sin, which is rejecting God's revelation in Jesus. God's showing himself. They're rejecting not only Jesus, they are rejecting God. Jesus reveals God, what God is like. He reveals God clearly to us. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus did amazing works. He did amazing miracles, signs of his godness. Walking on water, calming the storm, turning water into wine, turning a a boy's packed lunch into a a meal for well over 5,000 people. And, And back then, and now today, if people really know God, they will accept Jesus as God's supreme revelation of himself, God's son. Jesus is saying, you can't hate him and love God, because he is God. What about us today? I think the thing again is don't be surprised if you encounter not just hatred, but if you encounter hatred and opposition from people who claim to be spiritual and religious and in touch with God, or even say they're Christians. 
Jesus said, it's actually the, the, the sign of being someone who's really in touch with God is that you love and accept and know Jesus. Jesus says, don't be alarmed. Don't be thrown off course. Don't think you're doing something wrong. It's a sign that these people don't know God. Now, of course, that means we want to reach out to them. We want to help them to put that right. I've got friends who work in churches, work in Christian churches in this country who've been treated very badly by people, maybe even people in official positions within their church who would say they're Christians. No question, of course I'm a Christian. And yet they, they, they treated them very badly and opposed them. Not because the, 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 the church, these church leaders were doing bad, bad things that anyone would recognize are bad. It's because they're, they're teaching from the Bible. On a Sunday, they're they're teaching, clearly they're teaching that people need to come to know Jesus. People need to turn away from sin and and live a life that pleases God and receive Jesus' forgiveness. And, And people who say they're Christians, apparently some of them don't like this. If you encounter hatred for being a Christian or being faithful to Jesus from those who claim to be religious or spiritual or, or Christian, don't be alarmed. It probably shows that they don't know God. Now, we don't know what's going on sometimes. We think this is weird. I don't, I don't get it. Is it a Christian who has just got a very wonky view of something? But Jesus seems to be fairly clear what is probably going on here. Jesus himself experienced hatred from the people you'd least expect it from. From fellow Jews, from Jewish leaders, from people who are waiting for God to send his Messiah, his promised king into the world to save us. We can read at the beginning of John's gospel, it says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And that's why Jesus quotes at the end of our passage today, um, that last verse. It's a quote from Psalm 69. He says uh, it's to fulfill what is written in their law, the Jewish law, the Old Testament. They hated me without reason. These are originally words of King David about his enemies. But it points us forward and it finds its fulfillment in the greatest king of Israel, the descendant of David, King Jesus hated without having done anything wrong. Hatred which led to his death. Hatred which led to his crucifixion as if he were a criminal. But what seemed to be like a tragic injustice, Jesus dying on the cross in between two criminals, it was actually the greatest act of love and justice. Jesus was hated and died for us in our place for the wrong that we've done the things that we've done the way that we've treated God uh, and we've treated others could rightly make God hate us and push us away and reject us and yet in his mercy through Jesus Jesus is hated and rejected in our place so we can be loved and forgiven and accepted by God and welcomed by him if we put our trust in him is that something you need to do this morning to to put your faith in Jesus and receive that love and that acceptance from him no wonder what anyone's going to say about you you can know the favor 
that you're loved and accepted by the most important person, the most important voice, the most important opinion in the whole world to know that God loves you and accepts you, whatever anyone else is saying about you. So Jesus said, expect hatred because he was hated and and even expect hatred from religious people because they don't know God. But despite all of this, the last thing to say is keep pointing people to Jesus. Keep pointing people to Jesus. Jesus doesn't actually say those words here, but this is all the, the big picture of what he's saying. The whole point of it, he was warning his disciples, this is what you will encounter when you're on mission for me, when you're trying to point people to Jesus. Go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And we are, we're all, we've all got that job to do. We've all been appointed by Jesus, in a sense, to, to go and bear fruit, and including that fruit of seeing people come to know him and, and contributing to that mission as we are, with the opportunities that we have, um, and, and just, just being, being the light of Jesus amongst the people that we uh, come across. When we encounter that opposition and rejection, we're not to think, yeah, we're doing something wrong, but also not to kind of retreat. It's so easy, I think, when we are experiencing this kind of opposition. Maybe you know, all it takes is just one, one, one bad um, experience to think I'm never doing that again I'm never going to try and share my faith with you I'm going to keep quiet about being a Christian if this is what happened and in fact I, I did this and I, I didn't even feel like God was he didn't really help me Just I felt bad and it, that feeling didn't really go away and maybe some Christians have said well the answer is to retreat let's, let's go into a Christian uh, commune or community or a monastery and let's sort of stay away from the world but Jesus is saying here no 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 you've got to stay engaged with the world it's a world who needs Jesus it's a world that Jesus died for John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life we need to keep on loving and serving those who need Jesus and pointing them to him in any way that we can. Um, And Jesus says, don't worry, the the response won't all be negative. And I don't know if you saw that in verse 20, the one little positive bit in this passage. Um, Verse 20, he says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. It's not all bad news. Just as Jesus' message met with a mixed response while he was ministering on earth, our efforts to share the gospel, share the the teaching, the word of Jesus, they will meet with a mixed response as well. Some will persecute, but some will obey. Some will receive it. Some will believe in Jesus. Some will begin following him and realize they have done the most wonderful, important thing that you can do in life. These, these disciples that Jesus was speaking to, they, they went along with what Jesus was saying. And they, most of them gave their lives for Jesus. They were persecuted to the point of death, most of them. And yet they knew, even with all of the danger of that happening, they kept going, spreading the word about the most wonderful person in the whole world, the Lord Jesus, and the difference he can make in your life.
Um, why would someone want to do a job where they're hated, like the police or politics, to make a difference, to make a difference in people's lives? And, and we've got an even more important difference as a church to make in people's lives. We want to see lives transformed by the love of Jesus. Um, that's what we're all about. It's more important than any kind of profession that you can be part of. Let's keep on with it. Despite what you might be encountering now or you might worry you might encounter in the future, let's keep on with it. Um, I'm going on this sabbatical break. And one thing you can pray for me, if you want to pray for me while I'm away, I'm not planning to vote a break from God's, just put it that way. I'm not planning to have a break. I might be having a break from serving in the church and my role here. I'm not planning to have a break from following, serving Jesus and pointing people to him. And I really pray that I might get some good opportunities with people I already know, people I don't know, to point uh, people to Jesus over the summer. Maybe you can pray the same for yourself. God, give me an opportunity to point someone to Jesus this summer. We... Don't take the summer off with your book, uh, Hiding Away. Let's keep pointing people to Jesus. We're going to get mixed reactions. Haters going to hate. But we have this most wonderful gift to share with people. Let's keep going in that. Let me pray. Oh, Father God, it's just such a wonderful thing that you have made a way to, to yourself, for us, sinful people, people who are far from you, people who've rejected you, and yet you've made a way through Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that he endured, even the, the hatred he endured on our behalf. Thank you so that we can be loved and accepted by you. Lord, please help us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Again, strengthen us to be able to point people to Jesus. As a people we are in our own way, Lord, we're all involved. We all, we're all needed in our different roles. Please help us, Lord, to see what you want us to do, even in the next few days and weeks. And please help us to be fruitful for you, whatever people might say. In Jesus' name, amen.